want to turn to Acts chapter 2, just for a short while, to the Word of God and to the book of Acts chapter 2, and when we bring the Word, we will uh, sing another hymn, and at that time, the candidates for baptism will go out and change, and then come in and we'll have the baptismal service. Acts chapter 2, if you just open your Bible uh, and hold on to it there for a moment, we're going to look at some truths here for a minute, a minute tonight. I suppose some of you know that many of the people here know, for have heard it often enough, that Pat and I was brought up in the town of Derragonley in County Fermanagh. There was a blacksmith in the town the name of Charlie Portis. He and his brother Eddie and another man Andy lived on the main street in a wee terraced house. They said that if you went into it you wouldn't be able to stay too long in it. They ran the forge at the back of the town and uh, Charlie was a master uh, craftsman at shoeing horses and other things. They were rough men, but they were men who seemed to know their trade. They were very true other men. But I'm telling you this to tell you something just in a minute. Uh, Charlie Portis and this man and his brother and others that ran the forge knew what they were doing. Talk about health and safety in that place. It was neither safe or healthy to be about it. When I was a young boy, 11 and 12 years of age, and into my teens, I used to ride a horse from my father four miles to the blacksmith. I had to get up on the lorry or up onto a creamery can to get onto the horse. And whenever I come into the forge, Charlie or some of these boys would have lifted me down of the horse. And I did that many a day. And even as a young boy, I was entreated with Charlie and the way he worked. And it was just to sit there with a wee boy with my eyes watching him. And boy, how he could handle that thing. And he used to get the horseshoe. And you know, after I got saved, the Lord taught me lessons. that I went back into that blacksmith shop. Taught me lessons of how Charlie... Uh, put that shoe until it was red hot and then put it on the anvil and then got the hammer. And he never looked at the anvil, he always looked at the shoe and he would hit the hammer. And I used to notice a hammer like this for a long time on the anvil and then he'd strike. And then he'd come back again and then he'd strike. And what he was doing, he was putting the horse's shoe into shape for the horse's foot. He was just making it fit for the horse. And God taught me afterwards, whenever I thought of that, you know, God puts us into the fire and into the furnace at times. And the fire and the furnace and the file are all part of our Christian walk and our Christian living. And sometimes he has to hit us and sometimes he has to hit us hard in order to teach us and to train us. And I learned that from the forge. But I learned something else from the forge as the years went on. I remember Charlie with that red-hot horse's shoe and a big pair of tongs plunging it into a bucket of black cold water and you'd see the smoke going out and the sizzling of it. 
Now here's my point. If I would have, if Charlie would have spoken Greek, well he didn't speak in Greek for he didn't even speak in English. And all he would do was grunt at you in odd time. But if Charlie could have spoken Greek and I would have asked him what he was doing when he was putting that shoe into the bucket of water, do you know what he would have said? Baptizo. Baptizo. That was the Greek word used for going down under. That was the word used whenever a ship sunk out of the sea, went right down into the bottom of the sea. They shouted, Baptizo! That was the word they used whenever they were dyeing a garment and they put the dye, they put the garment into the dye and plunged it right down into it. Of course you'd have to have it all down into it to get it dyed. Baptizo. And that's exactly what we're going to do tonight here. We're going to put these people that are coming to be baptized, they're going down under this water. And they're coming up again. And I often think of Charlie and the things that I learned from that man in that shop. Baptizo. The only sort of baptism is mentioned in the word of God is believers' baptizo down under. You can search the word of God and I have done and you'll find no other kind of baptism. We're not talking about adult baptism, Christian baptism, or infant baptism. We're talking about those who believed, repented of their sins and believed and were baptized. Our friends, the brethren, one time wrote a booklet on infant baptism. And it said on the front of it, infant baptism. And you opened it and there was a blank page and then there was another blank page and then there was another blank page and then there was the cover. Because the Bible doesn't talk anything about infant baptism. Doesn't think anything about sprinkling or pouring or dousing. Time and time again, if you read about baptism, you will find the Ethiopian eunuch, Lydia, the jailer, the Corinthians, the house of Cornelius, Jesus himself. John was baptizing in the Jordan for there was much water there. It was baptizo. It was down under and coming up again. Now it's always good and it's always right and we should always go back to Scripture to the first act. The first mention of anything in Scripture is very important. And the first mention of the of baptism in, in, the, in the church of Jesus Christ was on the day of Pentecost whenever the church was born. Infant baptism didn't come in until three centuries, 300 years after that before infant baptism was brought in. So if you're depending tonight on water sprinkled on you as a child to get you to heaven, you're on the wrong road. If you're depending tonight on anything else other than the blood of Jesus and repentance from sin to get saved and into heaven, you're on the wrong road. This water will not save you. This water will never save a man. Not by washing with water, my friend. It's the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sin. This water is for believers. And let's save them, people. Are, we've heard their testimony. Most of them here last Sunday night all give their testimony. I've watched them. I know them. I've led some of them to the Lord. I know what they're doing. is because they're doing it because they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Baptism. Now there's three things here. And if you look at verse 37 of this Acts 2, and I want to just inform you tonight, 
For those of you who don't really know this, many of you do know, and Peter preached his first sermon, he preached the gospel, Christ died and rose again, and they slew him with wicked hands, and he's talking to these people about the cross and about the suffering of a Christ and how he died for sins. And then he comes to verse 37. It says the people that listened to him, and there were 3,000 souls saved there just at this time. And it says in verse 37, Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. That word pricked is the a, is a word for stabbed. The only place you'll get it in the Word of God is here. It means to be stabbed. It means to be knifed through. It means to be very, very painful. It not only means to be pierced, pierced through as with, a, as with a knife, it's a knife to be twisted when it goes in. See, you can stab somebody and there's not that much pain, but you twist the knife. And when these people heard about Jesus Christ and that they had slain him and that he had died for their sins and Peter was preaching this, they were stabbed in their heart. They were literally cut into their heart. So the first thing there was conviction. That's conviction of sin. And then the second thing there is repentance because the verse, verse, verse 37, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and the rest of the men, what shall we do? They wanted to know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Because Christ has died for us. What are we going to do? We're guilty of slaying Jesus Christ on the cross. What are we going to do? And the word came back then. Peter said, repent and be baptized. There's the three things. Conviction, repentance, and baptism. All in the one mouthful. The first message preached in the day of Pentecost. Don't change it. Don't try to turn it. Don't try to twist it. Just let the Lord, let the Lord preach to the word, to you, Christians that are not baptized tonight. Those of you here who have never repented of your sins tonight, let the Lord speak to you tonight. Let him speak to you. There's three things. Conviction, that's painful. Repentance, that's needful. Baptism, that's joyful. Whenever you read about baptism, in this mode of baptism, it's the only baptism apart from baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is the only water baptism. And let me say to you tonight, Whenever you read about baptism, you notice the amount of times you'll say that there was joy and there was gladness to it. And I guarantee, you know, I never met a person yet that wasn't glad they weren't saved. I never met in 50 years a man or woman who never, who never, who ever regretted the day and hour that they asked the Lord to save them from the sin. No matter whether they backslid or no matter what happened in their life, they'll always praise God for that day somehow. And I have never met a man or woman who went obeyed God in the waters of baptism. And we have baptized hundreds here in the last 33 years. I've never seen one that ever regretted it. But I have seen them rejoicing after it's over. Because to obey, my friend, is better than sacrifice. And obedience, my friend, to God brings joy. He gives the Holy Spirit unto them that obey him. You obey him. And if you want to get into the tank tonight and have a talk with us before we go home, we'll baptize you here. We've done it often. People have never come in to get baptized and the meeting was over. They came up and they were baptized. You work it out between God and yourself. So there's three things here. There's conviction that's painful. There's repentance that's needful. There's baptism that is joyful. Now, what was it that brought the pain? What was it that, that pricked, or the word stabbed their heart? What was it that brought conviction? It was when they heard the word preached. They said, what shall we do? What are we going to do? Tell me, have you ever asked that question, sinner, tonight? 
Do you ever say, what will I do? What am I going to do? What do I need to do? Well, you go through the Word of God and you'll find, because the Word of God is quicker and sharper than a two-edged sword. And that conviction, that, that, that the Word of God going into men and women's hearts can convict them of their sin, show them their sin. Do you know anything about conviction? Do you know anything about past sins haunting you? Do you know any about when you try to go to sleep at night, there's something there in the past that's not right? Do you ever think when you hear a gospel message and when you read the gospel tract and you see a Christian and you hear him testifying, or do you ever think, I'm not right with God? Well, it's time you ask what, it's time you ask what you're going to do. Oh, you can laugh and you can smile and you can sing and all maybe well, but it's not well all the time. You know that there are times, there are times when the knife goes in. Times when that bit of conviction comes into your heart about something you've done or something you've said or something that's not right. You see, God requires that which is past. You can't get away from the past. And just you sit still now. But you can't get away from the past. You'll have to face it sometime, friend. If the Holy Ghost is speaking to you about your sin and things that need to be put right, you need to do it. Every now and again the sword. Oh, blessed Holy Spirit. Blessed Holy Ghost that has come to convict men and women of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. That Holy Spirit, thank God that we're living in the day of grace, the Holy Spirit piercing into your very heart and soul the love of God trying to woo you to himself. Now you can shake it off. And you can go on about your business. But it'll come back again. But take heed now. I'm speaking from experience. Take heed. You can't shake it off forever. And there will come a time, my friend, the more you hear and the more you realize and the more you need and the more you know that you need to be saved. Every time you reject it and reject it and reject it, you'll get farther away from God. You just can't get saved when you like. My spirit shall not always strive with man. Conviction. Remember David. He committed adultery with one of his top soldiers' wife, got her pregnant, sent a sealed letter in his hand to the battlefront and got him killed. Thirteen long months. He never wrote a psalm. I can say to you tonight that I believe with all my heart that every time that David looked out through the palace window and saw a soldier, he thought of Uriah. I think that every time he saw a woman with the figure of Bathsheba and the color of hair with Bathsheba, he thought of a sin. I think that every time that a sealed letter came in with his, with his king's stamp on it into his office and he looked at it, he'd have thought of the letter that he sent. Time and time again, God spoke to David 
until it affected him physically, mentally, and spiritually. He says, my bones, my very bones are roaring to rake. Conviction. Conviction of sin. Don't go on in it now. You're on dangerous ground. This is the night. This is the night. Don't go. What did David do? He says, I will confess my sins. I will repent of my sins. I will turn from my sins. And he did. And he found mercy and he found grace and he found peace. And he found joy and the joy of the Lord was back into his heart again. Oh, he says, when I kept silent, my bones whacked. When I kept silence, when I tried to shut it up and close it off and deny it and get away from it, 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 it wrecked me, it destroyed me. Friend, you need release this morning, this evening. Sin, sin, sin is a bondage. Sin is a burden. Sin is a barrier. It'll keep you out of heaven. And then there was Manasseh, Hezekiah's son, the godly Hezekiah's son. Boy, he was a wicked man and all sorts of tinkering with all sorts of witchcraft. And some of you are at that too. And you be very careful handling that stuff. All witchcraft. And he offered his own sons to the altar, Molech, and had them sacrificed at the altar, burnt to death. And if history is right, he put Isaiah into a barrel, the evangelical great prophet of God. He put him into a barrel. History tells us, and it's accurate as far as I believe it's accurate. And he saw them alive, asunder alive. And God one day threw Manasseh into the bushes of thorns. The thorn bush. And you thank God if you go to bed some night in your sin and you can't sleep. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God when he brings that thing before you when you're driving down the road. Thank God when he brings it before you when you're sitting in the house. Thank God when he brings it before you when you're watching something like that. Thank God for that. It's the mercy and the love and the grace of God wooing you to himself. Why oh, didn't come to hear this tonight, man? You'll have to listen to what God says. What about the jailer? Boy... What shall I do? What must I do to be saved? And that old earthquake shook. And the word came back, Trust, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. He had to repent. He had to turn from his sin. It wasn't the fear of death. That man wasn't a fear of death. He was going to commit suicide. But he was stabbed in his very heart and in his very soul. The Holy Ghost stabbed him in his heart and soul. Repentance, conviction, and then repentance. Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. Godly sorrow worketh repentance. So you go from conviction of sin. It's not enough to be convicted of sin. You have to do something about it. It's painful. I know that it's painful. You ask me. Ask me. I'll tell you tonight. I'll tell you. I lay awake a whole night on the shores of Loch Ern. I couldn't sleep and I hadn't a thought of God or the things of God or the people of God. I hadn't a thought, but I couldn't get to sleep. And I walked that house that night and, and 
out to my bedroom window, I could look down on the bay and the shore, lower Loch Iron. And the old ducks used to keep me awake at night on the moonlight night. It was a May night. They used to keep me in May and June that they kept you awake at night. The cars that fly past the house between the lock, you could throw a stone into the lock. The cars that flew past between the lock and the house used to keep me awake. But none of them kept me awake this night. My whole past life came up before me. I didn't know what was happening and I didn't know what was on. And I, but I, I soon knew God was after me. He's after you tonight. Conviction. Conviction is not repentance. It's not repentance. It's hurtful and it's painful, but it's not repentance. Once you're convicted of your sin, and once you know that you're a sinner, and once you know that Christ died for your sins, and once you know you'll not get to heaven without it, once you know, my friend, that you're doomed and damned forever in hell without Christ, once you realize that, then you have to repent, repent. Turn from it, flee from it, run from it. Not a matter of putting up your hand or nodding your hand. We have seen real, genuine repentance here. Like we've hardly ever seen. Men and women are crying. Men and women are waiting on God. Men and women are so tired of their past sins and pornography and all the old filth of the day. They want cleanse. They want life. They want power. They want a new life. And God's here to give it to you tonight. It has to be repentant. And then the next thing, very quickly after that came, and be baptized. Baptized. And how many times, as I've already said, you'll note that when you obey the Lord, and that's what these people are doing tonight, they've had a conviction of sin, they, they have known that they were sinners and they've repented of their sins and, and now they're just following on here. As the Word of God so plainly and simply teaches, be baptized, baptizo. And as they go down into this water tonight, each one of them, as they go down in, they're just representing the Savior that died for them. They're not ashamed to own our Lord. And as they go down, they're going down into, the, into death with him. And as they come up, they're coming up to newness of life. They're testifying and they're declaring to you, to the mothers, to fathers, to brothers, to sisters. To every, they're testifying saying, I'm a child of God now. I'm born again by the Spirit of God. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of my Lord when he told me to be baptized, to declare, publicly declare. And then the victory and the joy will come into the life. Oh, I tell you, it's a wonderful thing to, to obey the Lord. It's an outward confession of an inward condition and of an inward conviction. An inward conviction. So we're baptizing him now in a moment. And we're simply doing it Repentance towards God and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ in the word of God, following the word of the early church, conviction, repentance, and baptism. But then it goes on, you know, and I'm not going on with that. Then it goes, and then they were added to the church. They were numbered 3,000. Must have numbered every one of them as they went down into the tank. Well, that stayed 3,000, so they must have numbered them. And into fellowship. And the breaking of bread and prayers. And that's for another story. And I believe as soon as the Lord's people start to believe and start to get back to the early church and the early ways and the early truth, we'll begin to see blessing. We'll begin to see blessing again. 
We preach all that here because we know that it's the word of God. And if you want to talk with any of us afterwards, feel quite at liberty to do so. I've come across this hymn and I close with this. Lord Jesus, in thy footsteps we come to take our stand and pledge these royal, this royal service in keeping thy command. As thou in Jordan's river in faith and hope did bow, we would go through these waters and make our solemn vow. Thank God for you. God bless you as you go into the waters of baptism uh, tonight.